Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Sievers and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. It's good to be back with you, Yay, uh, Pastor Corey. We remembered the music. Yay! <laughs> and there was much rejoicing. Yes, you sure remember yeah. that Monty Python Whoa. thing? Yes, yes. Yes, that was, was Cynicism by Josh Gerrill's... Uh, Hopefully we play just enough of it that we won't get into uh, Any legal trouble. trouble yeah. But uh, I love when the horns come in. Yeah. Yeah. So our topic last week um, on our podcast was cynicism. We tried to find a song about compromise, but they were all kind of compromising. They were. They yeah. Was, so that, that's our section for the, for today's podcast is compromise or or character issues or moral compromise. It's not a chapter about negotiating, not that kind of compromise. Ah, yes, yes, yes. That's yeah. good to clarify. Yeah, yeah. Like compromise can be a good thing. Like I give a little, you give a little, and we come to a good compromise. Yeah, in we, this, like we used to do that in our politics, and now we don't do that in our let's politics. Let's be careful. Oh, oh yes. sorry. Because we're, we we're compromised now. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So, so it, it, who it, owns your soul? <laughs> who? Well, well, we're getting to some of the big points here. Okay, but so. Yes, yes, and, and it's a chapter, and you mentioned it, but we haven't said Part it. It's two. a chapter of. It's a chapter of a book yes. called Didn't See It Coming by Carrie Newhoff, a yep. pastor uh, from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we're, we're working through this as part of our Lent soup supper discussions that we're having. So right. you come for soup, and you have a great meal with everybody who comes, and then we spend a little bit of time talking about a different chapter each week. Yeah. And as you said, last week was cynicism, and you can check that out, the recordings online on our website. Blueschurch.org, under resources. resources. And sermons, yep. Yep. And uh, even though it's not really a sermon, but that's where, that's where, it, gets where put. it gets put. And it, um, yeah, in the audio. And then this this week we're tackling the exciting topic of compromise. It is. Yeah. Ex- it's exciting. Yeah. You know, uh, this is so, a good chapter. Yeah, I a positive chapter title might have been character counts. Yes, character matters. Yes. But uh, you know, we 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 give a little, we give a little on things, and before you know it, we can end up compromised. Uh, this is one of these challenges in life that sometimes we don't see coming because it happens in bite-sized increments. Yeah. yeah, of small decisions or small daily changed habits. You know, and before you know it, you're doing something in your moral life or your physical life or your relational life that you really wish was different or you really wish it was more healthy or better. But you've gotten to this point of maybe not communicating with your spouse. You know, I know I counseled plenty of uh, couples who've gotten to the point where they're just roommates and they barely uh, talk to each other. Well, that didn't happen in a day. It was a bit by bit uh day-by-day decisions where they were sliding uh, down that direction of choosing not to reconcile after an argument, choosing not to invest in their relationship, choosing not to show daily kindnesses to each other. And before you know it, that all ends up and they wake up one day like, I hardly know this person, mm. you know. Um, so so uh, that's just one example, but it could be your physical health. Uh, it could be your moral health, um, you know, uh, it could be a lot of things. So we're going to talk about this today. Uh, he calls it the subtle art of selling your soul. Uh, you know, because yeah, we don't, ouch. it's not like the devil shows up with a banjo and we, you know, we sell our he soul. Did. He, did. He, he goes down to Georgia, Georgia for that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but not, 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 not most Washington, other places. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he, 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 Kerry Newhouse says it's the subtle compromises we make day after day, the half-truths, 
the rationalizations, the excuses, create a gap between who we are and who we want to be. That's on page 37. So mm -hmm. are you planning on interviewing me? Because I'm just so you, you pumped can just, for this I, You one. know, I've got a couple of you You, you chime in with whatever, questions but, yeah. and, and, and insights. Uh, I don't want to dominate this, but uh, I a real good section it starts on page 37 is about competency and character and i i thought i would just read a couple of paragraphs for the show if that's okay because um, i think this, kind of, that kind of lays the foundation yeah. for the discussion is this issue of um competency and compa capacity competency. or or what he suggests is character and capacity right and so yes yeah, talk and a little if that bit doesn't about make that... sense that he's going to make it make sense right, here right, so yeah. Uh, this starts on the middle of page 37 and goes to kind of the middle of 38. So hang with me, but this is from Kerry Newhoff. As a young leader, I was convinced that competency was the key to success in life. My formula went like this. So just pause for a second. Competency is like developing skills, learning how to do things better, advancing in education. It's not that he's saying it's unimportant. He'll put it but together the, yep. here. And but this is what our world says we need. Yeah, this is most important. What You know, they're having debates over whether trade school or college is important, but nobody's debating whether competency is, you know, nobody's like having a big debate of, hey, we need to develop character in our kids. Right. That's not really, I mean, some people talk about it. We yeah. talk about it in the church, but anyway. I digress. Uh, you digress. Okay. okay. Well, All right. We better yeah. just get back to back the paragraph. To page 37. Back to page 37. <laughs> My formula went like this. Competency determines capacity. The more competent you are, the greater your potential. The greater your potential, the greater your capacity. As a driven kind of person, I was motivated by that. Keep learning, hone your craft, sharpen your mind, find a great mentor, and spend hundreds, maybe thousands of hours developing yourself, and you will realize your potential. The only real limit to your capacity is your competency. So I read books, I got my education, I went to conferences, I networked, I enlisted mentors and hired coaches. I just wanted to be the best. I took a deep dive into the assumption that competency was the key to advancement. Be the smartest person in the room, sharpen your skill set, and all will be well. But a few years into my adult life, I began to notice highly competent people who became disqualified from leadership. These were smart, skilled people with great educations, incredible minds, and finely tuned skill sets who were at the top of their fields. One after another, they resigned or were for forced out. These people usually left their esteemed positions because of addiction, an affair, abuse, embezzlement, greed, internal fighting, ego, or sometimes just being a jerk. Athletes, politicians, business leaders, actors, industry moguls, and pastors alike fall to issues like these month after month, year after year, decade after decade. And those are only the ones we hear about. So uh, I could read more. I, I encourage you to read it if you haven't. Um, I've been rereading each section and getting getting a lot out of rereading it, but... Uh, I really like that insight of investing in your character and thinking about character first. Character counts. He's not saying competency is unimportant. Uh, learning skills, getting education. There's a education. level of competency that's required for life. Yeah, right. Um, your job, but also just life in general. You right. need to be able to do some stuff. Yeah. 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 You need to have training and skills to do that. But 
that's not, um, yeah, it's not the end all be all. There's something bigger than that. Yeah. What he goes on to say is that really, if you want to develop your capacity, um, you need to develop your character, make sure you're a person of integrity. Yeah. And it reminded me of what we do for the high school seniors and life lessons in our area, which is going to start up again, is we don't call it life skills, uh, although we're, we're willing to teach them some skills. We really talk about values and character and belief and mindsets about mm-hmm. their life because that's stuff that they frankly don't get at at school. They get a lot of information, and uh, but character development just... It, it, it is the job of the family and the church, in, in my estimation, but uh, but we think all education, a lot of us do, is just the job of the school now. And so who's doing character right, development right. for our young people? But character uh, is so, so important. Um, he, he brings up examples of what do we talk about at funerals? You know, we, mm, we, yeah, that we, we rarely talk about somebody's resumes. Sometimes achievements come up in obituaries and things, but we usually talk about the kind of people or person they were, right? Uh, right. What what we got to do with them and, and what they enjoyed and how they treated people. And then if you have somebody that didn't treat people well, it's usually a short funeral and usually not well attended. But, you know, in our culture, like we're starting to... In our culture, there's a certain amount of people who, what's the right way of saying this, celebrate some who uh, wildly don't care about character. Mm. Um, you know, I'll just leave it at that. But uh, in, in political realms, uh, yeah. Uh, pop you culture. Know, we, yeah, pop culture, um, entertainment. And I, I, I think, I don't think that's cool. I, think, I wish character were cool. It's important. And and, and, yeah. and and not just like the the extremes of raping somebody, killing somebody. That should be off limits, right? You shouldn't do right, those things. Right. But like it, positive characters should be cool, not just punishment for the extreme things, which should exist anyway. But anyway, um, he so, Newhoff's opinion is character matters more than anything. He says because you bring who you are into everything you do. Right. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So what, what you you got something from your sheet there? Oh, right? I was um, so character. Um, what we're saying is that character is important, right? Um, and we're also saying that this uh, compromise happens little by little, day in day out. So how is it that we overcome uh, the? the compromise and kind of turn the corner and, and, and start working on character. What it, does it just happen by accident or? Yes. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, yeah. You want to go there already? I get, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Do that, that's the, already? that's the second part of the, Did that's I chapter four. Too far ahead? No, no, I think, I think it's good. I, 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 I want everybody to, to read this chapter. If you have the, the book, uh, because it talks about, like, before we get into your subject, Tim, which I think is awesome, uh, page 43, 44, 45, it talks about um, the telltale signs that you're starting to drift in your character. That um, And, um, you know, that there's the, a growing gap between who you are in public and private. You're so, right. I did jump too uh, far well, the, No, that's okay. Uh, the, I just want people to think about that stuff. Um, you know, how we kind of... Um, 
<clears throat> hide things. Uh, he talks about how we don't follow through sometimes, how we start justifying bad decisions. And, right. Um, and before you know it, we can have life pretty much centered around our our brokenness rather than have a flourishing life of of how do we live to bless others. Um, so his big point before we get into the the positive chapter, which is what you brought up, um, is that nobody's ever going to pay you, he says, to fix this. Um, but you will get punished if you don't have it, especially in our ministry field, right? I mean, uh, I've known a few folks who, yeah, you lose your job at a certain point. Um, maybe in other fields it's more forgiving. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so we have to be our own uh, police on this matter, mm. right? Or policing ourselves, uh, encouraging ourselves, maybe a better word, to be a better version of ourselves. So how do we do that is what you asked. How do we do that? And that's chapter four. Um, so yeah. I just... Um that be a better version of yourself thing that just drives me nuts a little bit, but um, yeah, why? I don't know. I just feel like that's a little commercialization of of something that's deeper or deeper. Um, being who God created us to be, right, or the right. person. Just it's not just about being. I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those things you see marketed to you: be the best you oh, okay. you can be, okay, or whatever. Sure, you know? sure. Okay, yeah, but it's it's. It's not. It's about being the person that God created you to be and the person right. you're designed to be. Uh, it's not just about being doing being good the things best, and right, being right. nice I agree. and doing the best you can do. It's because I think it's deeper than that. So yeah. So believing in who God wants us to be more than just settling for who we like to be or who it's easy to be. Like, how much do I believe in who God wants me to be, the yeah. version God wants me to be? Um, and that will require moral refining the rest of my life, spiritual growth the rest of my life, uh, relational yeah. development the rest of my life, physical um, maintenance at least, if not, you know, physical improvement throughout my life, uh, which gets harder and harder. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, amen, yeah. I agree with that. Um he, so he always has an antidote to the issue. And he says on page 50 that the antidote to compromise is simply this. Work twice as hard on your character as you do on your competency. Work twice as hard on your character as you do on your competency. So our, our, our knee-jerk reaction is to always invest in our skills and our knowledge and things that can benefit us, you know, uh, networking. Uh, but... But he's saying, you gotta you gotta work on your character more, uh, right? Than your competency. And, and how Excuse do you than your competency? And so he also says that it's it's this day to day strategy that you can't just you can't do it one day and leave mm -hmm. it for a week or two and come back to it. I mean, you can do that, but the compromise and the op the opportunities for compromise aren't gonna come once a week, once a month once a quarter or whatever, they're there every day. Every day. And so you've got to be, if you're going to invest twice as much in your character as you do in your competency, you've got to be working on it every day. Mm -hmm. And he gives a couple of, he gives his own example of what he does um, and says that, you know, he sets a certain amount of time. Right. Every day. Mm -hmm. He starts his day uh, focusing on 
um, character and he and he offers some options for what that might look like. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about um, how he develops character? Yeah, and sure. That might yeah. give some. I, I, that I might think... give people listening some handles for what they could actually do. What what the church has called it is. Uh, having disciplines in your life or a process of sanctification in your life, meaning becoming holy, that 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 uh, that version that God wants us to be, uh, of getting to 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 uh, the life that God wants for us. Um, but those require disciplines, um, prayer, study, um, worship, uh, giving, celebration. Um, solitude sometimes confession um you know work you know having practices in our life that look towards christ look towards his word and reshape us and and if we don't do that we're going to be shaped by something and this has been a theme in our sermons we're going to be shaped by the culture or we're going to be shaped by the the negative values inside of us like pride so we have to intentionally give ourselves to uh, Christian spiritual disciplines that allow God that space and that right. opportunity to shape us daily. Time in God's Word, prayer, uh, accountability with with good Christian friends or mentors. You know, if, and if you don't have some of those things in your life, you you need that. Um, if you don't have those things, your your walk and your talk are not gonna you're not gonna match. Um, yeah. So he says, take time every every day and I, I i know this if you do not prioritize it it will not happen for me and i'm not i'm going to be legalistic about this but for me um i have to do it first thing in the morning um i know people who do a, or start my day first thing in the morning to get off on the right track it's, i don't it's not that i'm only spiritual in the morning or something but i need quiet time prayer time bible reading time uh, get my thoughts centered on Christ in the morning. I know some people do it at night because they feel like their day really starts the night before. Hmm. You can do it at both, of sure. course. I mean, I have some prayer and, and quiet time with God. I don't do my reading usually at night, but um, but you need a, a set-apart time daily. Uh, and then you, you need weekly practices. Uh, you, need, you need to confess when you need to confess. You need to have a mentor... Uh, in your life who can call you on stuff um, uh, we need we need all of these um, these things I, I think uh, he says you know uh, sometimes we've got to uh, cancel some appointments tell the kids to wait pray open the bible go for a run eat something healthy spend time reflecting and journaling listening listen to some inspiring music meet with a friend who enriches your life um uh, now we not may not resonate with all those. I think some of those are basically required, uh, like pray and and open the Bible. Some people may not run or cannot run, uh, but we need actual real life practices. Um, um, yeah, it's kind of, and it's kind of this. Uh, if we don't have those practices, well, we're always engaged in this kind of battle. Uh, and in the previous chapter, he he talked about Paul's uh, in Romans. He says, you know, I I do what I I I do the things I don't want to do, right? And the don't the things I don't want to do, I do. Mm-hmm. And there's this battle that we have, and 
And we'll keep doing those things we don't want to do unless we consciously choose to invest in our character and in and being in the scripture and making the good choices. And and one thing that I know for myself is I can fool myself that I'm doing that investment sometimes or doing it better because I mean some of these things can get so habitual that they that you you don't allow them to be life-giving. They become, like the Pharisees, they become empty of real power. Uh, and you're, you're just doing them out of habit and not letting the Holy Spirit work through them. And so you need people close to you. If you're married, your spouse, in addition to your spouse, you know, a, a mentor or a friend uh, that can check in with you. I try to have a, a couple of those in my life of people who can always say, and, and say it and mean it deeply. How are you really doing? You know, and and then ask me as many specific questions as they want. Um, you know, so uh, if you don't have a friend like that, a mentor like that, I, I'd encourage you to look around you and see who God has already put in your life, and uh, find somebody who can be lovingly, brutally honest with you. Uh, and I, th- I think at some time he t- at some point he talks about that, but. Um, you know, because otherwise, sometimes we we are going through the motions, and and I, I know I've done that, and I've gone through seasons where I think, oh yeah, I'm taking care of myself, and I'm not really, and I need somebody to say, hey, what you are doing is not good, which is one of my favorite Bible scriptures. Uh, Moses' father-in-law said that to him. Jethro, mm. I think, said, yeah. "What you are doing is, is wrong. Not, it's not, not good, good for you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and sometimes we need to we need to hear that. Um, so it's it's going to take intention. It's going to take time. I like what Newoff says. You know, to just to grow, uh, you, you've got to have twice as much character investment as you do competency investment. And uh, I would say, if you just want to prevent, your strategy should not be just to prevent moral compromise. But if you want to prevent moral compromise, you have to you have to work on your character. But the the goal shouldn't just be preventing crises in our life it should be positive growth mm, so yes all right yeah that's the whole point. you got any other stuff we got half minute or so uh no uh, just you know if you want to continue this uh conversation you know join us at soup suppers if you can't uh, join if us you can't it'll be posted later and, and if you don't fine. use the internet i don't know how you're listening to this but we could also get on cd and 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 get you that Absolutely. as well um yeah but it's on pollutionchurch.org and Thank you, Tim, for always putting that on there. So, all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been Tim and Corey coming to you from our hilltop studio in the rolling hills of Palouse, Washington. And we'll see you next time. Well, we won't see you next time. We'll talk to you next time. Talk to you.